Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and Kyle Powell. The whole team is finally back together again. Reunited and it feels so good. I missed you, Kyle. A day late. I missed you, too. Look at that. And, and Frank just being snarky. It's a day late. Well, Memorial Day happened, okay? So, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have a full group over here. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, you're not. But... Frank isn't leaving, but nah, we man. have someone joining us here on the Leftovers podcast. It's our good friend, Matt Perino. Matt is actually, if I'm not mistaken, at Bill's practice right now. Right now, I'm staring at Josh Allen completing a ball to Zay Jones here in uh, warm-up uh, drills. And uh, uh, interesting, uh, some de- interesting developments. A lot of guys are injured out here. Uh, we walked out, and there were six guys on the bikes. Uh, obviously, that was the storyline last week, and it continues to be the case. Uh, Quentin Spain had uh, some work done on his injured thumb last week, so he's not even here. So some new looks on the offensive line as well. Well, let's start there. It was the big, As you said, it was the big story last week, and it's something that continues on. What's the latest here on the injury report with the status of the likes of uh, two of the biggest names that were brought in in free agency with Mitch Morse and Cole Beasley? Yeah, I mean, they're still, uh, you know, basically the same as last week. Uh, they're, they're working their way back, uh, taking it easy. Uh, it's, it's important to remember at this time of year that these are voluntary workouts. Uh, this is mostly for guys that, you know, rookies and, you know, new free agents, which obviously Morrison and Beasley fit into that category. But, you know, these are veteran guys. Uh, they'll be uh, available for training camp. But they're working their way back from some groin issues. Uh, you never like to hear that when you talk about guys that, you know, your team spent a lot of money on on the offseason, but it's something that, you know, they want to get taken care of, you know, early in the offseason, which they did that. As the team seems confident they'll be back uh, and, and ready to get on the field. Um, but, yeah, with, with Spain out, it's, it's interesting because I think most people kind of penciled him in right away. I, I don't know the severity of the injury. I just I, I think it was Mike Rodak who reported it, um, that he had a surgery on the, on the thumb. Uh, he was in at right guard last week. And he played 48 starts in his four NFL season. Pretty much had him penciled in as one of the starting guards. And now we're looking today. Uh, Spencer Long, who was at uh, left guard last week, is there today. And Wyatt Teller, who started for the Bills late in the season last year, left guard is over on the right side. Uh, so I think you're going to see all types of different combinations. Cody Ford is running with the first team today uh, at right tackle. It was Ty and Seke last week. Who This, this week is, is at that left tackle spot on the second team behind Deion Dawkins. So, you know, that we talked about this, I'm pretty sure, last time on the podcast, or you know, if we haven't, we will. Um, that, that trio there uh, of tackles, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, where they line up throughout the summer and who kind of elevates themselves in, in the competition for these spots. Matt, another thing that people want to see from this is uh, obviously Josh Allen's progression throughout 
this uh, this OTAs and see how he's looking throughout the offseason. How have you seen him taking command of this offense, and how comfortable does he look compared to last year when he's coming in as a rookie? Um, I, you know, I've been impressed with his uh, confidence level, uh, the, the comfort level that he has running, uh, you know, the first team predominantly in, in practice. There's no, there's no, uh, there's not a lot of talking going on between him and the coaching staff. He, he's he's running the practice. He knows what needs to get done. Uh, he spoke about it last week, and I was really impressed with this with this quote from him that you know he's at a point now where he's learned the system, he's gone through, and he's learned what all of his receivers and running backs and tight ends, what they do well and what they don't do well. And now he's working on putting them all in position to be successful. And I think that's the first step that, you know, a quarterback can take to becoming like that elite level player where you're not only just thinking about yourself, but you're thinking about everybody else in the practice field as well or on the, you know, on the football field and on game day. Um, uh, Devin Singletary just just caught a nice ball from uh, on a, a downfield route from Josh Allen. That's, that's an area that, you know, uh, experts said that he didn't do a lot of work at Florida Atlantic in the passing game there because he was so heavily used in the run game. But that's, a, that's an area where he can kind of maybe rise up the depth chart here if he can get uh, start to showcase some, some receiving skills. Matt, how is the uh, tight end room been looking so far in OTAs with Tyler Croft being down early on with that broken foot that he had last year. How have guys like um, third-round pick Dawson Knox and Jason Kroom down the line, how have they looked so far through about a week? Well, Jason Kroom, was, he was elevated to that first uh, tight end number one last week before getting injured. Uh, he's on the sidelines again today, uh, not participating. He's just doing some strength and conditioning on the sidelines. Uh, so it's, it's all about the opportunities for Dawson Knox uh, particularly, uh, he was running with the first team. Ooh, and he just makes a nice grab over the middle. What timing uh, from Matt Barkley? A one-handed uh, bobble grab. That was pretty impressive stuff. It, that was great timing. But you know, he's a guy that you know you're going to see the ups and downs all throughout the summer. You're going to see you know the athleticism, the speed, uh, you know, just the raw skill set. You're going to see that on display a lot of the time. But you're going to see some of the growing pains as well. And I think that this is an opportunity where. He gets thrust into a spot where he gets a lot of reps, and, and that's what this coaching staff wants for these younger guys, to get as, them as many reps as possible so that when they, win, when they do get into the games, the preseason games, that, you know, that their, their comfort level uh, you know, rises quite a bit. But we'll see a lot of Tommy Sweeney. Uh, Lee Smith is kind of that uh, you know, can-do-it-all veteran tight end. Bills fans are familiar with him from his time here a few years back, and uh, he's obviously going to – you know, he'll get a lot of the uh, that tight end two reps. I think that that's going to be his predominant role, you know, as that premier blocking tight end. And we've seen that so far with Knox kind of swinging out to, to that to that number one spot. So, Matt, with uh, a lot of the optimism that's surrounding the Bills, not just obviously locally, but they're even getting some national buzz these days. What do you think – how do you think the attitude of this locker room is looking so far throughout all of this? Do they pay attention to any sort of this hype? And uh, also, what are your thoughts on how do you think this team could do going forward here? We're we're not actually like in the locker room yet. Like I'm very interested to see. Like I remember last year at the beginning of the year, once we got into the locker room and really got to talk to these guys, you could sense the kind of deflation uh, from some of the, you know, national narrative or even local narrative, especially surrounding the offensive line. Uh, there was the anticipation that it wasn't going to be a very good unit with the loss of Wood and Incognito. It turned out to be the case, but you kind of felt that 
uh, right off the bat. You kind of felt that with how, uh, how, how they acted, how they did their interviews, how they spoke to each other. So I think that this year, it's it, it just, there's, I, I've noticed a lot more smiles. I think that when you go out and you bring in the kind of, um, weapons and, you know, invest the kind of, uh, capital into, you know, bringing in players and, you know, obviously the hype around Ed Oliver, you know, I think that the expectation here is that this team is going to compete in the division. Uh, Sean McDermott is in his third year. Uh, we, we could talk about the development and the youth of Josh Allen, but let's be honest, this is a win-now type of league. Now, by that, to- on that, by that token, it, you know, there's still, this, is, this, this regime is really, really happy with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, and I, I'm not suggesting that their job is in jeopardy at all, but you know, they have to win, and uh, I, I think that uh, they have the pieces in place now to start being competitive and trying to figure out how good uh, they can be. Uh, if you're asking me, I think it all comes down to Josh Allen. I think everything that we saw in the last few weeks of last season would lead you to believe that the future is, is very bright for him. I think that we're going to see a. It's funny, I was just looking up uh, some stats of some 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 great quarterbacks and how they started off their career and you know completion percentage I know is all the rage and you go back and look at the beginning of Steve Young's career and I, I think it's a great you know comparison to make because he struggled with his consist with his accuracy uh, and being consistent in that department early on in his career and obviously flipped pretty uh, dramatically over the course of his career and. You know, he's now in the Hall of Fame. I'm not suggesting that Josh Allen is a future Hall of Famer, but I think that, you know, he's got a lot to learn. He's coming from a situation where, you know, he may not have been playing with the, with the top elite talent uh, at Wyoming in a lesser conference. So I think that everything is still so new to him, and how well he performed last season at times gives you, you know, the confidence that he can build on things. So I, I'm very... Um, What's the, what's the best word? I'm I'm optimistic that this team, uh, you know, will be very competitive in this division this year. How about some of the youngsters uh, in the running back room with uh, some limitations for Frank Gore and T.J. Yeldon as of last week? I know there were some not practice days for Frank Gore, at least per our Sal Capaccio. Uh, what about guys like Devin Singletary and Christian Wade? How have they showed out so far? Is Christian Wade adjusting well to the North American game coming over from? Europe and rugby and whatnot. It's been an interesting documentation of his time so far since coming to the States. What about guys like that? Are there, is there any noise from the youngsters in the backfield so far? I mean, I've, you know, it's tough. It's yeah. tough to make a real, like, you know, assessment of things. I mean, they're not, there's no hitting. You know, there's, you know, they're all going to look good. They all have, I mean, you look at Christian Wade's uh, highlight reel, you know, in the rugby on the rugby film, and it looks really, really good. I mean, the guy is powerful. He's fast. He's quick. Uh, Devin Singletary, all the things that Brandon Bean, you know, uh, raved about after they drafted him, you see that out of the practice field. I mean, you know, his athleticism and his ability to, you know, shift his body in a a split second is very impressive. And I think that, you know, there's a lot to to like. I mean, we haven't even gotten a look at T.J. Yeldon yet. Frank Gore has been very, very limited. Uh, So I think there's, you know, there's so many options you know, you you go back to last season, and you know Frank or Lashawn McCoy and Chris Ivory were, 
you know, a nice combo uh, going into the season. You know, Ivory was a former 1,000-yard running back. Uh, but beyond that, there wasn't really a lot of uh, experience. And what proved to be some kind of just lackluster players and Marcus Murphy and Keith Ford, who's no longer on the roster, now you have NFL experience, you know, and, and you have some, you know, more so in Devin Singletary, obviously. I mean, Wade, I don't. I don't anticipate he'll really figure into things in 2019. Uh, it's going to be fun to chronicle because he is learning a whole new game, so it's going to be fun to get to talk to him uh, and things like that. But with Singletary, I think there's a, there's a good chance, you're talking about a third-round running back, uh, that, that he could play a, a significant role for this team, if not right off, the, right off the jump this season at some point. Matt? Thanks for uh, taking the time, especially out at practice, doing the work while also putting in some time for us. Anytime, guys. All right, Matt Perino. Uh, first off, tell the people before you go where they can find your work. They can find it at NewYorkUpstate.com, NYUp for short. Uh, just hit, click on the Buffalo Bills tab. Uh, we got uh, the YouTube page growing by leaps and bounds, too. You'll, you'll, we'll have a lot of audio and video content over there uh, pretty much weekly throughout the off season, and we'll ratchet that up even more uh, during the regular season. There's a, a, a re, re-envisioned uh, kind of goal for our coverage next season. So you're going to get kind of every – Every kind of content you can get, uh, you know, on the website and on all of our social media platforms. So, yeah, check it out there. I'm at Matt Perino on Twitter, and uh, I'll have you guys covered uh, on the daily. Everything you need, Bills. All right, Matt. Thanks as always, man. Yeah, take care. That was Matt Perino, New York Upstate, who joined us on the Left Doors podcast here. And while at practice, that was that was pretty fun. That Dawson Knox question, and then he makes that one-handed catch. That How about was, that, right? That was pretty funny. I, I, I appreciated that. That those are the fine things that we bring you here on the podcast. It's real stuff. We don't make it up. Which means every stupid thing that I've ever said is true. It's actually happened. For better or for worse. Yes, it's actually it's happened. It's all here. It's actually happened. It's real. Yes. It's dumb, but it's real. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's a lot of dumb things. For example. Why is it always Boston? Yes, I'm back to this. No, I will not drop it. No, you're annoying. Does that cover it? Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. Yeah. Good. Because I hate this. First off, I got a feel for the St. Louis Blues, who still haven't won a Stanley Cup final game. They're 0-13. Oh, they'll get there this year. The Vegas Golden Knights did it in less time. They did one in one. Mm -hmm. Game one, they won a game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I do think St. Louis is good enough, obviously, to win some games. But please, for the love of God, that's not what we're asking of you. Yeah, we're asking for more. Yeah, we're asking for more. A little bit more out of you here than just winning a game. That'd be great. It starts it's with a one. Start. 
but it starts with one. But I want more than that. I want Boston to finally not win something that they think they're entitled to. I'm sure you were a huge fan of the Bruins hype video that included a voiceover from Tom Brady as well. <laughs> yep, that's about what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Salty. I'm salty. I'm so salty. Well, that's you throwing up. I'm just salty. As a matter of fact... There is a uh, there's a question on our station's Twitter page. Who would you rather see win the Stanley Cup this season, Ryan O'Reilly or the Boston Bruins, and why? That one's easy for me. It's very easy for me. Yeah. I think I'd rather watch Ryan O'Reilly win the Stanley Cup whilst eating a plate of soggy pancakes. You know how there's like you have the syrup on there and then you don't eat it right away and then it just turns to that gross paste. Mm-hmm. I just rather down a plate of that than see the Boston Bruins win another freaking cup. See Boston win another freaking championship. That's where I'm at. I mean, you didn't have to include the pancakes, but okay. That's the point. I need to. It emphasizes my point that I hate how lucky their city is. That they have yeah, competent franchises in the same place. We're looking for one. Yeah. And here they are with three possibly in the same, like, what, six months? Mm-hmm. Less than that. Less than that. Seven. Stinks, too. St. Louis had them where they wanted them. Yeah, they were up 2 nothing, And, of course. My boy Braden Shen caps the scoring, starts it off in the yeah. Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. and Kicked it off early. And then they were up to nothing, but of course I can't have nice things, can I? I'm not allowed to enjoy the NHL playoffs this year. No. Bleep me at this point. And it's only game one. I don't care. I still haven't been able to have nice things. Well, of course. I mean, with the way the playoffs again, have gone. Again, it me yeah. salty. Yeah. Just throw me you. in the throw me in the lake, it turns into a sea. <laughs> Cuz I'm that salty. <laughs> yeah, you like that one, huh? That's, that's a like, new one. That's a new one. That's a new one. Yeah. It's not winter anymore, so you don't need me on the roads to help ha. melt the ice. Ha. What else could you do with Well, salt? you melt the ice with your hot takes. I don't have hot takes. I have dumb takes. They're pretty hot. No, sometimes they're hot. I don't say things just to say them. But then you yell just to yell. Yeah, that makes me salty. Angry. Sometimes kind of an idiot. Always an idiot. But sometimes only kind of an idiot. But mostly an idiot. This whole podcast is just making fun of you. Yeah, who brought you here? You did. You want to say things that are not just making fun of me? No. I can say something that's not making fun of you. All right. I got a tweet on the timeline about the uh, NHL scouting combine. Ooh. Coming up. Go on. In 
Buffalo, New York. The following yep. invited players will not attend. The most notable is, I think, the consensus-wide second overall prospect, trailing Jack Hughes. Capo Caco will oh. not be in attendance. There is no Capo Caco. That's a shame. None of him. Any other names I don't recognize, nor do I want to attempt to pronounce. Other uh, reasons? Semyon Chaistakyov, Vladislav Firstov, Daniil Gutik, Daniil Mizul, okay. and Kirill Slepitz. Okay. Braver man than I. I did. I did. There was an attempt. There was an attempt. I feel like I got the final three good there. Maybe even the other four. It's the Semyon Chaistakyov. Yeah, no. That one's not going to happen. No. So what is everybody's perfect world scenario for number seven for Buffalo? Uh, Cole Caulfield. Hands down if he's yes. there? Yes. Dude scores goals. Dude scores goals. Okay. I mean, if I want to talk about a dream scenario and a perfect scenario, NHL GMs get salty that Capococco's not at the combine. He falls to Buffalo. Wow. All right. <laughs> I did say dream scenario. So you said perfect. No you said perfect. perfect. What did you I said say? perfect. And that's perfect. What am I saying? Yeah, but I'm off. I'm also being facetious, and I'm kind of being a dick. <laughs> but Frank said that with such convinc- conviction that I'm buying it. Cole Caulfield. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Dude's an offensive dynamo. Ooh, he might that. He he's a, he's on the smaller side, but man, can he, can the kid skate? He's got he's got the a great scoring touch. He was a, he's been mostly playing with Jack Hughes this year. And doesn't seem to be getting some any similar oh some of the recognition, but Hughes has been getting all of it obviously, and Caulfield's kind of getting it's like the secondary. But you could you could argue his off his offensive ability is probably just as good as Jack Hughes's, as good as how as good as Hughes has been last couple of years. All right, I'm I'm for it. You sold me. Okay, let's go. Yes, Cole Caulfield. What? the hell was that? What made the whole table vibrate just now? Your saltiness? No. It's not possible. All right. Well, I don't know if I'm editing that out or not. Okay. Either way. You want something cool, though? What? Because I'm still pissed off about Boston, and I forever will be. Of course. Go on. But you want something that could really make things uh, a real nice consolation prize. Gary Bettman. Yeah. I said the words Gary Bettman, and this, uh, and I said this in a way. You said you wanted – you said – you asked you want to hear something cool. Yeah. And then the first thing he says is Gary Bettman. No, no. He says something. That is really cool. Once again, he says Gary Bettman. He said he said this. You ready? This is what makes me feel really good. It quote, it would be good if I kept my head from exploding. Unquote. First off, I would love to see that. Second, I would really love to see that. And third, he's talking about replay. Yeah. He is. They're considering expanding video review, but they're also trying to find the perfect mix of this thing because there have been big calls that have been flat-out missed in these playoffs, and video review is supposed to help you get rid of those egregious errors. 
and yet officiating continues to show that nothing is perfect, maybe we should just go on. I don't buy it. What, that he wants to find the perfect mix? Oh, I believe that he's that they're trying to. I don't buy the fact that they're gonna that they're gonna actually do it. I do. No, I think like I think they'll make no, we talked about this before. They're gonna make changes to the review. But it's not gonna be good ones. They're gonna me- likely mess it up because they're the NHL. I get that. But here's the one thing. It's a recency bias. These things have happened so freshly that it's like, come on. But for the NHL to have to apologize to two different teams now for messing up a call, that's pretty bad. It's also kind of funny that the San Jose Sharks were the beneficiaries each time. But it's still funny, nonetheless, that the NHL is like, we're sorry. You know what apologies get you? A more pissed fan base because you knew that they were actually right about the fact that the call was wrong. And while the St. Louis Blues moved on and got over it, the Vegas Golden Knights, some part by their own fault because you didn't know how a penalty kill worked, could not move on. They didn't have the option because they were done. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I get that. But it's interesting, though, that the premise of this is Gary Bettman actually saying, hey, this is not the status quo. This isn't cool. Yeah, I mean, at least they're acknowledging it. But at the same time, like... At least Gary Bettman's not that meme of the dog sitting in the burning house saying, this is fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Coffee's great. My skin's melting. I don't care. I don't feel it. That's what I actually feel really good about is that Gary Bettman, Gary Bettman, has seen what's going on and said, this ain't it, Chief, and I'm Chief. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but it's interesting that those words have come out of his face. Yeah. And still, the quote of, it would be good if I kept my head from exploding. So, that'd be pretty fun. He also said the words, I don't think you can go backward anymore. I think that ship has sailed. Frankly, we want to get it right. Let's see if they do. Frankly from Frank. Mm-hmm. I still think it's interesting, though, that he brings it up. It's like, hey, no, I'm gl- I'm this glad is they're... not cool. Yeah, I'm glad they're acknowledging it. Because this is the league that would go ahead and just turn a blind eye to everything and just go, la, la, la. Everything's fine. Exactly. That's the NHL. And right now, it's a breath of fresh air that they're like, no, no, this is this is bad. This is not good. Are you ready for – okay. So now I think I'm going to move on from hockey because I don't know how much you could talk about video review and it would be a good thing. And I can't talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. Maybe we'll revisit with more Jeff Skinner things. But – I'm going to do something I don't often do. I'm going to talk about the NBA. Look at look at Derek. And you guys are going to help me. Look at Derek. Emphasis on help me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm actually pretty stoked to see the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals. The problem I'm having is 
How happy should I be? Should I actually be thrilled that Kawhi Leonard is back in the NBA Finals and that he's got Toronto there, and in one season he's easily become the greatest Raptor of all time? Yeah, Vince Carter still has something to say about that. Not by postseason standards. Not by postseason standards, yeah, but I would say that Vince still has something to say about it. But by postseason standards, Kawhi Leonard has become great easily. He's rewriting the books. Yeah. He's rewriting. What he's doing. Yeah. And I would love to see him sign long-term in Toronto. That'd be pretty cool. Sure. It would be. Sure, th- it would be cool. I, I think that the Raptors, you know, it's a, first off, if you like going to a game, Toronto or Cleveland probably your closest drives for a Buffalonian. And since Cleveland's a dumpster fire, why not have something good in Toronto? With a star player that is booming in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And at least gives you a realistic chance now of being an NBA Finals threat every year. We've seen this team choke and choke and choke and choke, typically in the second round of the NBA playoffs. And DeMar DeRozan choked again in San Antonio. That sucks. Well, I can see why you got rid of him. But he was at least still an entertaining player. Kawhi Leonard does this and more. And, of course, there's his personality of him being a robot, and it's actually kind of funny. That's why I think a long-term contract is just so interesting when you look at the person you're talking about. I know. I think there's no more – there's not another person in the NBA that could be perfectly defined as an absolute enigma than Kawhi Leonard. I don't think Mm -hmm. anybody knows what the hell is going to happen in the offseason, for better or for worse, when this season ends up in Toronto. What are his thoughts? Yeah. There, I think there's one way he signs in Toronto. If they somehow pull off the miracle. Which I think everyone outside of Golden State is kind of pulling for at this point. Oh, of course. Everyone oh, wants yeah. to see a different team win the NBA Finals. Just quite frankly, a different team. Yeah, they're back to doing it without Kevin Durant again. That's fantastic. But, come on, I'm sick of it. And a lot of fans are. And I get it. Yes, appreciate greatness, blah, 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 blah. But that's how you get a Wall Street Journal writer writing a clunky article about how the Warriors' dynasty doesn't happen without Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and Andre Iguodala. In the meantime, my gray shirt is gray. I don't know how optimistic I'm allowed to feel about this NBA final because it is Golden State. They are a nightmare. But at the same time, I do want to feel good and give proper credit to the Toronto Raptors for breaking the Drake curse. Kind of. Here's where we're at. You have to win the championship to break the Drake curse, I think. Yeah. But Toronto has been the NBA's version of the Washington Capitals for years. They were always choking in round two. Don't try to make this comparison. Here's the thing. Golden State is a far different demon. I'm not... But Golden State's not in this. Washington got over the hump last year, and they won. They did it. They broke their curse. Toronto got over their hump, broke their second-round curse, and now they're in the finals. Toronto is was the best team in the East who could beat Golden State. If Milwaukee was here, as good as the Greek freak is, 
he was not beating Golden State. Yeah. It, that would that's a five game series at best. It sucks that we have to compare it like that. Yeah. What how good is a team? Well, they can take five games on Golden State. <laughs> Toronto gives the league the bat gives, you know, all the fans the best shot at a team who can beat Golden State. Who can beat them? And it's because of Kawhi Leonard. He's that good. He's probably the best player in the league right now. So if there's any, so if there is any team that can do it, it is the Raptors. It's just a matter of can they? Can they continue the momentum from winning four straight games in the conference finals to beating the best team of the last, you know, the the and they're this current dynasty in the NBA right now. Yep. Well, again, I want to feel good about this. I just know that Golden State doesn't allow me to, and I guess that's one of the main reasons that I'm still not into the NBA. Can't argue with that there. I'm in the same boat. And they didn't need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant needed the Warriors. Yeah. Meanwhile, some Kevin Durant burner account hears this and goes, well, actually, if you didn't know. (laughs) But, no, I I just think it's – Kevin Durant became completely unlikable. The Warriors became this tyrant that no team – fan base wants to see continue to dominate like this the nba's ratings aren't suffering because there's petty wars you want to know where there's petty wars everywhere but one team has a loaded team Mm -hmm. everywhere there's petty in the nba and it's hilarious but golden state kind of makes everything irrelevant at the end of the day because who you're suspecting is going to win the whole damn thing well, I've got a hint. Hmm. It's that one team that everyone's scared of right now in the playoffs. Because they've been there, and then they've been there, and then they've been there, and then they've been there. Oh, and then they've been there five times in a row. It's interesting when one player does it in LeBron James. It's impressive when one team does it. I'm just sick of seeing it. I want something new. Give me something. When Golden State was the team showing up there, it's like, yo, this is fresh. I like this. Yeah. And then they became too good for my good. Well, the best chance you had was probably this year Mm -hmm. with Houston. Dude, I can't trust Houston. I I I understand that. I never could. Honestly, I've never seen James Harden as that get you to the finals guy. Your best chance was last year when Chris Paul was playing out of his mind and then he got hurt. They could have closed them out with Chris Paul playing the way he was playing. But yet here we are. But yet here we are. Just praying anything but Warriors again. And nope, there's no chance. This year it's just this year it's it's no chance. I was happy for Portland, and then I was promptly reminded. I was talking to one of my friends. I was like, oh, really? Portland beat Denver in Game 7? Nice! And then my friend quickly chimes in, 
And they now get the Warriors as congratulations. Damn it, you're right. How happy can I be? You can't. And see, now, it's like, see, it's like the same thing with Toronto. You made it to the yeah. NBA Finals. And Here's the Warriors. Golden State's there. Great. This is super. This is fantastic. <laughs> I hate everything. I know fans will want to have the utmost confidence, but they've also probably got in the back of their heads. This is Golden State. I don't know how we're going to get. I don't know how far we're going to get. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how many games we win. Should we take it as a bonus if we win game one? Yes. Please don't let any of our players pull a J.R. Smith this year. Yes. That's right. One year ago, the meme. Yes. <laughs> that happened. That actually happened. It did, did happen. Golden State not only has one of the best teams we've seen in NBA history now, confirmed by statistics and facts, they also have some of the luckiest breaks. Chris Paul uh, last year. J.R. Smith. I mean, not that they wouldn't have won that series anyway, but they could have lost game one. Could have. But J.R. Smith but, went full J.R. Smith. Yeah, just did that. Next time, throw some soup at him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I don't know how good I should feel about Toronto, but I do want to feel good about it. Because it is, it is fun. It's just... I don't know how much you get to really enjoy it at the end of the day. Enjoy that you made the NBA Finals. Hell yeah. But now? Now what? I'm not sure where you go from here. Well. Yeah, it gets real depressing all, on you real quick. we're all expecting it to just be wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, I'm thinking Golden State wins in five. Yeah. And that's stupid that that's the first thing I could think of, is that there's not even really going to be a series. Unfortunately. And the worst part about it is, if Kevin Durant leaves, I still can't have the utmost confidence that it won't be Golden State. Oh, right, because he's been a non-factor. Oh, don't let him hear you say that. (laughs) 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 He's, He's been hurt. And yet Golden State's still doing fine. Just like they were fine when they didn't have him. Hmm. But then other teams at least had a chance to win. We saw Cleveland beat them without Kevin Durant. Yeah. But it was a really enticing and entertaining series. Yeah. People people that weren't watching basketball, casual fans like myself, glued in on this. Because it's entertaining. It's captivating to see that. But then Kevin Durant signs there and nothing is fun anymore. Now it's a foregone conclusion. Because again, they didn't need him to be that good. Heck, their best season was without him. Yeah. Oh, a 72 win team? Oh, you got Kevin Durant. Awesome. Yeah. Freaking great. Was it 72 or 73? 73, 73. Derek. Come on. <laughs> they didn't lose 10 games. That's great. <laughs> then they lost four, and that was the important part. Yeah! <laughs> but 
Then they signed Kevin Durant. Great. Now nothing's fun over the last two years. Our colleague Lou DiBiase says that that basically ruins things. Like Kevin Durant ruined the game for now. That's because he did. Louie was also an Oklahoma City Thunder fan who didn't want to see him leave. Yeah. And he left. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. Like, Kevin Durant, you had your chance to beat this team. Then you failed to beat the team, and then you go ahead and join that team. I don't care what your intentions are. You look like a snake when that happens. It's just what happens. That's the perception you're going to build for yourself. And now I see a guy who can't ever deal with criticism. You want to talk about an NBA villain? There it is. Easy. It's Kevin Durant. And he put it upon himself. After one of the coolest MVP acceptance speeches, when he was with the Thunder, Mm -hmm. he goes ahead and turns around and paints himself as a villain. Does make this offseason really interesting. Does it? Because I still see Golden State. I mean, after that. Until Curry stops creating cheat codes for threes near the half-court well, line. KD is a free agent. No, I know. I'm still saying. Until Steph Curry can stop enabling those cheat codes that makes him bomb these threes, I don't know what to believe. I mean, obviously, Golden State's still going to be the favorite. But with KD likely leaving at the end of the season... They are at least. It's not a foregone conclusion. They're it's, at least okay. They're vulnerable. still the favorite, but yes, there's still there's like now that KD's gone, you know what? So you're saying there's a chance now that KD is gone. Look, there's that little red dot on the boss. Shoot that. Yeah, that's what it becomes. <laughs> Without Kevin Durant, they have this little red target on this gigantic boss that you have to shoot the little red thing. Oh, and you better get out of the way because it's going to hurt you. A lot. Yes, I know I'm a dork. No, I won't change that. So there it is. I think that it's awesome that Toronto makes the NBA Finals here this year. I just don't know how optimistic I feel about their chances. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, you ready for something else? Go on. We didn't we didn't do this last week. We should have called him and bothered him about the three up, the three down, the Kyle Powell. I'm ready. I got him. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. We're going to continue with the trend. We're going to go with the downs. Downs first. Keep the positivity high towards the end. Look at you. So I know that's a little more preferential. Down what are you talking bo- about? This is Buffalo where it's gray and rainy. Hey, come on. Oh, well. <laughs> down number one the nationals bullpen on days that max scherzer starts (laughs) that's oddly specific yeah it's awful it's also oddly awful max this year two and five the 3.26 era 102 strikeouts through 12 starts the team 
is 2-10 on days that Max Scherzer starts. Now, that sounds like down numbers for him, though, as well. No. No? No. No, he is on a streak of, I believe, seven consecutive quality starts. Oh, okay. It's nothing to the fault of his own. You look at deeper analytical numbers, you could actually make a case. That well, at the very the, least, that 2-5 and five record is a bit shocking. Definitely, because deeper into the numbers, there are people that are saying this is the best start he's had to a season in his career. Numbers are weird. And that says a lot for a guy going on his eight, into age 35 with multiple Cy Youngs, multiple no-hitters, that this is the best start to his season, and he's 2-5, and five, and the Nationals can't find a way to win on his starts. Those are supposed to be your win days. Two wins and 12 starts. The bullpen. The bullpen, when Max Scherzer... Get, comes off the mound on days he starts, is pitching to the tune of an 11.71 <laughs> earned run average. 11.71 combined earned run average. And on average, seven consecutive quality starts, you're getting at least six innings from Max Scherzer over the past nearly month and a half. And that means that they're just doing that bad in that short of time. That poorly. Capped off by a 3-2 to two loss to the Marlins, who played comeback yesterday. Oof. Well, I mean, come on. If you're only getting two How runs you know against it's the bad. I mean, you're also only getting two runs against the Marlins. I guess things can happen. That's true. Yeah. So you need some run support so there, too. So pick it the hell up. <laughs> because after Scherzer, with Strasburg's injury history, that's, that's your horse. You need to win on those days. Mm-hmm. And when you are winning at the tune of a 167 clip, as we're going into June on days that he takes the hill, you are in for a rough go of it. The East is already up for grabs. Bryce Harper's hitting 220. We're going into June. I picked the I, I was high on the Phillies in the offseason. I picked them not to be a runaway, but I didn't buy the Braves. I didn't believe the Mets. And here we are. They're all kind of bunched together. Does the Nationals any, are in fourth place, but they're within, I think, ten games of the Phillies. Does but. anyone believe in the Mets? Mets fans. Don't talk about Howard or John. Because I know that deep down they don't believe in the Mets. Those those stories about the Mets this year get very <laughs> funny. And for, you know, history. Uh, down number two, the Reds. They're having a kind of an enigmatic season. I've used that word a couple times so yeah, far. This, you. Yeah, enigmatic. It's weird. Throwing it around. Cincinnati is 25 and 29. Frank, I remember talking to you in our um, preseason preview. Mm-hmm. I, I said the Reds would not be competitive, but they'd be fun. Yeah. But they're weird. 54 games in, they're four games under 500, but they're outscoring their opponents by 36 runs. What can you even make of that? That's weird. Contextually, that is Boston, 29 and 25, their run differential is 40. And they're four games over 500. Cincinnati's four under. Oakland, 29 and 25, the same record as Boston, plus 38. The Phillies. 31 and 22, leading the NL East, worse run differential than the Reds, plus 27. See, that tells me when the Reds win, they win big. Yeah. And then when they lose, it's close games. The Reds are buried in the Central. Yeah. But they have they are, indications yeah, being in the that Central they could too be doesn't help. a competitive team, right? Yeah. Central is just really good. So, Cincinnati, weird. Yeah. Good pitching so far this year. That makes it more weird. Joey Votto, not great. Showing his age. Uh, down number yeah. three. Um, yeah, this is definitely a, a down. Career. Bill Buckner passing at age 69 after yes. a pretty lengthy battle with dementia. 
Um, for a guy like me that really appreciates the history of the game, um, it's it, it's really is a shame to see such a legendary career of Bill Buckner being defined by one play as it has been for over 30 years now. Oh, yeah, that hurts. Um, yeah. yeah. He was basically shunned from Boston for over two decades until they won their second title in 2007 and brought him back for opening day in 08. It was pretty emotional to see him back in Fenway for what most believe and most can confirm was the first time since that. You know how World long Series. it took Buffalo to forgive Scott Norwood? Right oh, away. Exactly. So, again, Boston. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget. Why is it always Boston? Again, contextually, a lot of the, a lot of the, the lead-up that got us to where that was. Yes, Bill Buckner should not have been in that game, but um, manager John McNamara wanted him on the field for the celebration. He wanted him there for the moment. Right. And Bob that. Stanley, people seem to forget. The game was tied. The game was tied when Bill Buckner made this error, but it didn't end the series. Boston still had a chance to win it in game seven. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't it was the most defining play of the inning and the series, but how they got there was not Buckner's fault. Yep. There was plays no. that led up to this. There was mm-hmm. a game tying wild pitch. Mm-hmm. Pitches before I don't want to get into it again. It's it's very sad. But I dove into some of his numbers, and the down sort of turns into an up. I don't want his career, as much as it already has been for 30 years, been defined by this play. But we need to remember what kind of player we had in Bill Buckner. 2,715 career hits, a 289 batting average, won a batting title in 1980 with the Cubs, nice. hitting 324, led the National League. His career 4.5 strikeout percentage rate is only outdone by Tony Gwynn in the, in the expansion era. Bill Buckner has more seven RBI games in his career than career three strikeout games. Tony Gwynn struck out three times in a game once. Bill Buckner never did. Wow. Never struck out three times in his career. In a game. In a game. For context, I saw the tweet, Adam Dunn struck out like 180 times. (laughs) Three times, 180 times in his career. Bill Buckner, never. That's wacky. Like, that means that you're probably getting some sort of a quality at-bat out of him. Over not... 20 years in the show. Yeah. Never a three-strikeout performance in one game. That's awesome. That's incredible. Right? Yeah. So I think that's a good transition to the ups. We've got yes, three ups is. coming yes. at you now. Yeah, yes. good job. Rest in peace, Bill. Yes. Rest in power. Bill. Rest in power. That's right. Mm-hmm. Up number one, the Minnesota Twins, the Twinkies. Fun. Very fun. 55 homers through May as of yesterday, Monday. I, I, I kind of hate you for saying Twinkies. Now I want one. Well, there you go. It's, I think it's a reasonable Twinkie time. Um, you introduced to me Turkey time and now Twinkie time. Exactly. <laughs> those 55 homers in a month have tied the franchise record already from 1964, where they also had 55 homers in a calendar month. They still have three days. Noise. They still have three days. Noise. So go Twins. Keep it in bombs. Go Byron Buxton. Break out this year. Go Yard. Made a trade for you in fantasy. Make me proud. Keep raking. Up to the Oakland A's. Kind of interesting. They're on a 10-game winning streak. Sort of. Okay, hang on. There's a 10-game winning streak, and then there's not a 10-game winning streak. Sort of. What do you mean? There's no overtime wins. There's no shootout no, no, wins. No, 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 no. Here you go. The reason they're sort As of- someone that had to deal with a 10-game winning streak, in actuality of sort of, this needs explanation. Okay. So they're sort of on a 10-game winning streak. As of right now, they are. But the <laughs> then streak... it's a 10-game winning streak. No, but here's why it could actually 
not be a 10-game winning streak what, is by the MLB going to go back and go? If. No, they have a game that's suspended until September during this streak. Oh. It reached its completion. It reached five innings. The A's were leading 5-3 to three in the seventh against the White Sox on May 19th. Oh, Tigers, I'm sorry. They were leading 5-3 to three in the seventh against the Tigers. But because of playoff implications, they want to reach that game's completion later in the season the next time they meet. So they will. The thing is, since that suspended game, the A's have gone on and rattled off, I believe, six or seven more wins. But since that game that will be finished in September still was played on the 19th, it could actually have implications to how long their streak is going to end up right now. Right now, that's why I say as of now it's 10, but on September 6th, if Detroit completes a comeback and wins that game against Oakland, you could snap the streak where that game was back on the 19th. Tell me how this is an up again, because I'm very confused. (laughs) Basically, science. Science. No, it's not science. It's freaking math. It's science. No, it's math. No, it's 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 math. Science. No, you're you throwing a pen. Watch, I could throw things too. There you go. <laughs> I just thought it was cool. That's an up, like great ten game winning streak. But here's how it. But could it be might weird. not be an up. I don't get this. You know what? But but it but baseball is stupid. But if that but if that becomes a down, then it wouldn't be a down until September. This is basically exactly this is basically the same as when Juan Soto traveled back in time last year in his first career homer before he was in the show. Baseball is such a weird sport. Mm-hmm. How do you like it? How do you like it? Well, Juan Soto came up last year. Um, and hit a home run in his first career at bat. But the Nationals had a suspended game before Soto came up. He made his debut, and after he made his debut, they played the suspended game, which happened before he was in the show, and he was inserted into the lineup as a pinch hitter in the suspended game and homered, which means he went back in time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hit his first career homer before he was ever in the show to hit his first real career homer. <laughs> so basically, he's a confirmed time traveler, and yeah. we need to appreciate him. How about you just, with these suspended games, just move them to the dates that they're played at instead of counting hey, them for the days hey, that they are suspended? Hey, how about you talk to Rob? Talk to Mr. Manfred. See what happens. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say it. I'm just gonna be like, dude. Come on. Juan Soto. You're making my head explode. I don't want to join Gary Bettman with my head freaking exploding. Juan Soto, confirmed Martian. Okay. Baseball, confirmed weird. Science. No, you're talking about math. Up number three, Kevin Biggio, boys. Yes. Jay's things keep happening. Buffalo mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. First career homer in his third game with Toronto on Sunday. A noise. Absolute bomb to right field in front of the home crowd in the Rogers Center. His father, <laughs> Craig, Hall of Famer Craig Biggio of the Astros, had an awesome reaction in the stands. And the boys he was there with in Buffalo all through the ride, Vladdy Guerrero, Lotus Guerrero Jr., both up at the bigs at the same time. you got to look up their reaction to the home run. Very cool. They were very happy for their boys. But yeah, for, for playing with each other throughout, you know, getting called up and everything like that to, uh, to see that. I mean, Vlad had a tendency, it seemed, to hold out on letting the people enjoy his dingers at home. <laughs> That's right. But it's nice to see it. Like, third game, at home, bam. Yeah, and that was after, like, a 19-5 to loss the day before, so they Oof. needed something to cheer for. Yeah, there you go. So there's that. Three so up. now we're just waiting on Bo Bichette. 
Mm-hmm. Could be healthy and get his call. And then you got Vladdy, son of a Hall of Famer. Cabin, son of a Hall of Famer. Lourdes Goriel, brother of a World Series champ and, and Yuli Goriel in Houston. Mm-hmm. And Bo Bichette, son of not Hall of Famer, but legendary Rockies outfielder Dante Bichette. Family affair in Toronto. They, they seem to have something going for them there. And like how I'm happy for the Raptors, I would like to see the Jays get back on things. Yeah, yeah, they're a year or so away. They got some pieces. They're going to sell back on track. They're going to, they're going to, they have some pieces that they're definitely going to sell off this summer. But uh, yeah, the 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 record back to the top. They're on, they're on good pace. They have insane prospects ready to make that next jump, and they are making that next jump as we speak here. So the offense is ready. There you go. Get some pitching. Help yourselves out, because again, it's always cool to head up to Toronto to go catch a game. Except, yeah, for, except their, for a Maple Leafs game. That's made not it there fun. last August. Yeah. Kids weekend. Players weekend. Like That's the thing. Like I hate Very Toronto fun. for one team and one team only. I just hate their team. I don't hate Toronto for it. And as a matter of fact, I don't hate the team. I hate the media that covers them. Yeah, so it's damn Marley's, dude. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's, I mean... Not like the Leafs have success in the playoffs. Ooh. Ya burnt. Just like actual leaves, the way that the word's supposed to be said. But yeah, no. In Boston, it's not just it's not just their teams and how lucky their city has been. Clam chowder is gross. Your accents are annoying. I'm gonna disagree with you on that. And your radio show hosts are obnoxious and stupid. I don't think we need to bring clam chowder into this. That is kind of a delicious, delicious meal. Well, you're wrong, and I'm allowed to have that opinion. No. See, that's America. You're, wrong. you're not allowed to have that opinion. No, I am allowed to have that opinion. America. And I see this little flag here in the studio. That's why I said it. It's right here Rats. in front of your face. There it is. Oh, you see. <laughs> America. Justice. For you saying that clam chowder is good i could say no it's not that's justice i gave it my all boston cream donuts are overrated that i can get behind see and everything always just comes back to me hating boston that's how it goes yeah i don't know if you know about the bet that i made does Kyle, Kyle know the bet? Does Kyle know the bet that I made um, involving Ralph Krueger? Th- that's a no. Nope. That's a no. So you have something that you need to look up. Actually, don't even look it up. I have it on my phone. All right. I'm ready. If the Sabres make the Eastern Conference Finals under the three years of Ralph Krueger as head coach. Gotcha. I'm going to go ahead and get my hair changed to what it is in his book. Wow. Yes. And he's going to don the suit as well. I will don the suit and the pose. Okay. Yes. But I think that is fair. That is fair. And I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to hopefully doing that. So is the whole city. Because the Sabres would be in the East Final. Exactly. Everyone would be looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm putting myself on the line here. Because usually things tend to backfire when that happens. Thank you for being so brave. I mean, it's just dyeing my hair. 
It's not a big deal. I'd be happy to. Oh, fine. Crack I pose. redact my compliment then. <laughs> well, I redact your redaction of your compliment. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be cautious the next time I throw those around towards you. Yeah, okay. I'll be cautious next time. I throw a pen because I'm Kyle Powell. It's just science. Kyle Powell, science, pens, throwing them. This has been the Leftovers Podcast. Whoa, what the hell is going on here? I am shutting you down. (laughs) Wow. What the crap? Kyle's taking over. Kyle, he throws pens. He's taking over. He says clam chowder is good for some stupid reason. Derek Kramer, Frank R. Curry. And Kyle Powell. <laughs> you are only one of those. <laughs> what is going on here? Also, <laughs> I'm confused. Also, also, you've confused Frank. It's easy to do, but you did it. That's what I'm here for. Look, Memorial Day threw me off. I thought yesterday was a Sunday, okay? So my whole week has just been and th- And today probably makes you think that it's a Monday because we're recording the podcast. Yeah. Except that you never do this. Do what? Go power hungry on me. I've decided I wanted to shut it down. Well, first off, you didn't let me end things how I normally do. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I'll re- Fine, I'll Here, redact throw my your shutdown. Ha- I'll, throw my st- I'll throw my friggin' hat in relation to what I have to end it on, which is that was my 11-day power play hat, by the way. And that is what I always end it on. The 11-day power play. June 5th, of, I mean, June 5th, July 5th to the 15th. I'm throwing off. Look at that. July 5th to the 15th at Harbor Center. I'm playing twice. Frank's playing as well. And we would appreciate not just your support, but any donations that you can. It's my pinned tweet at Derek Kramer 49 It is my pinned tweet at Frank R. Curry. Any and all help is encouraged and obviously more than appreciated. All research, all funds go to Cancer Research at Roswell Park, as well as Camp Good Days and Make-A-Wish Foundation. This has been the Leftovers Podcast on WGR550.com. Derek Kramer, Frank R. Curry, and Kyle Powell. And we'll be back on our normal schedule on Thursday. We had to we had to take the Memorial Day off. Nobody was in the studio. They wouldn't let us in. They let me in. So you could have let us in. Look at that. We, we could have had we could have had Frank all along. You, you didn't ask. You didn't say you were there? You could have asked me. Oh, well. I blame Derek. Yeah, that's fair. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.